Lafferty is dead, but it seems he may yet get the last laugh, as his taffy castle seems to have been held together by sheer willpower somehow. The castle begins to sag and droop, and you can feel it's going to give way at any moment. Curse that Lafferty! To directly connect oneself to their food of specialty is madness even few here would entertain. Elvis, about how many people do you think you can carry? I give it a few hundred pounds, Lowry. All I need is for everyone to form a ring around me. Elvis, hold on to me. Everyone else, hold on to Elva. We're gonna surf this out. Run up and hug Elva. Your line chefs follow your lead, Paul. Just barely after you get together, the taffy castle starts to separate, falling whole stringy globs at a time. Lowry creates a surf wave of beans, but even trying to ride down at an angle, he's overloaded with too much weight. It's gonna be rough. Everyone take a breakfall roll. Oh, actually, I have this. I imagine having the toilet seat knocked out from underneath me. World's most acrobatic old lady over here. And I guess I'm just lucky. You may be, but your line chefs aren't. They all take tumbles after you guys land, getting bumped up pretty bad. The guy who has it worst is Olive, who breaks his shin. He only realizes it when he starts to stand up. Oh, 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 my leg. How bad is it, Mason? Like a compound fracture? It doesn't look that bad, Paul. Stand back, stand back. For all my time spent examining the human body, you could say I know a thing or two about how it ticks. Paramedic roll! You have a look, and you can see it's already starting to swell. All you can do is split the injury and try to keep him off it. The inmates down here seem to have gotten buried alive under chunks of the castle, but a few are pulling themselves out of the collapsing taffy houses that didn't get hit. However, there's some cafeteria tables and chairs nearby, and with your enhanced strength, you can pry the table leg loose and make use of it. A nearby dead inmate probably won't mind if you rip his shirt to make the bindings. There you go, Olive. Olive's a girl's name, by the way. No, it isn't. I'm Black Olive. You know, like, super rad. And I guess maybe a little evil. Sort of the team rock star. It's true. Olive once ate raw pizza dough. We were all flabbergasted. Yeah, thanks for helping me out, though. We have fun in my kitchen. It's a true den of immortal hijinks. Another time, Olive set the clock forward one hour, so we all momentarily believed we'd been working an hour longer than we had. Oh, how we panicked. It seemed we'd gotten so little done within an hour's span. Were our talents slipping? No, it was merely a prank. Yeah, that is funny. I mean, the fact that I don't normally imagine olives as being a prankster vegetable, I mean, that's what's funny about it. Oh no, olives are very mischievous. Also, an olive is a fruit, not a vegetable, though some definitions would describe them as both a vegetable and a fruit simultaneously. You see how chicanerous they can be. Ah, oh, that is funny. Oh man, did you know that beans are the same way? They're technically legumes, which is a seed, but they're also a fruit and a vegetable. See, beans are my specialty. The name's Lowry, by the way. Well, you must be a bit of a prankster yourself. He shakes your hand. Mushroom shakes your hand, too. Pepperoni kind of pats himself down and looks around. Oh, oh no, I've lost the gun. Not to worry, Pepperoni. If memory serves, the last remaining major threats to our goals would be Mac and Crouton himself. The gun is useless on Mac, and I doubt that Crouton would expose himself directly. With Lowry now openly wielding his beans and Elva's fantastical physical abilities, I hope that we'll have enough resources to reunite with our missing compatriots. We should find them at cell block H. Mac was that guy on a rampage earlier, wasn't he? Seems like a brute. We just gotta rush him down before he can hit us. Elva, there's a reason why Mac was released first when the prison break began. It would take a coordinated strike force of Inferno's best men to bring him down alone. He's the most feared inmate in this prison as far as size and strength are concerned. If we go face to face with him, I'm not sure that your physical abilities could match up. Nor could a deluge of beans slow him down. If we see him, I must ask that we first try diplomacy. Our best odds at defeating Mac are to not come to blows with him in the first place. Every conflict is better won by not fighting it. 
But what if we have to fight him? I know. I'll just use my beans to outmaneuver him. Once I'm up above him, he can't do jack. You forget that Mac is a trained hibachi chef. He can throw an object precisely enough to land in your mouth from surprising distances, and with his power even something as modest as a golf ball is liable to knock your teeth out. You cannot outmuscle him, and it's unlikely you'll outmaneuver him, at least not with our resources. To defeat Mac in pitched combat, we'd have to conceive of a trap, and even then it has to be something he won't merrily climb his way out from. I believe our two options are to negotiate ourselves into a favorable position, or allow ourselves to be thrown in the briar patch, as it were. Accept defeat, but plan the defeat such that we gain from it. So, you're saying our backup plan, if we can't talk Mac into letting us go, is to give up and marry him because apparently you love him so much. Elva, your snide sarcasm isn't helping me gain a good bearing on the situation. You don't know I wouldn't give him a good licking. I'll lick his shark butt, you'll see. Is that gonna be before or after we get married to him? I think I have the answer. It's a matter of leverage. Give me a long enough rod and I shall move the world. Currently, Crouton is offering Mac an escape from the Flavor Zone, but if we can once again find Spalding and convince him to join us exclusively, Mac's only way out will be to switch sides. As simply as that, we'll have defeated Crouton's greatest asset by making him our own. Yeah, except the one problem where we don't even know how to find Spalding to let us out of here. Such as the fly in the ointment, yes. Unfortunately, Crouton's goals are the same as ours. Find Spalding and detain my men. Because if I find my line chefs, all the Flavor Zone faces the threat of total annihilation. There would also be a valid negotiating tool. But Crouton can't know where Spalding is either. He does know where my line chefs are. He has but one reliable lieutenant remaining. So if Crouton has any wits at all, he's already detained my remaining three line chefs and should be holding them close to himself while Matt continues the hunt for Spalding. Wait, what are we not going to sell Block H? As I think of it, I'm sure that my line chefs won't be there. If it were me, I'd have them detained already, and in their place I'd set up an ambush. Lafferty and Pimienta both played adequate delay tactics, and Crouton will be out of soft measures by now. His final stroke will be to murder us, thereby eliminating me as a threat. After all, Lafferty did say that Crouton was thinking of ruling the Flavor Zone. What should he need me for? What with my ability to destroy it all at once? Well, if that's the case, why is Crouton leaving your men alive at all? I mean, he oughta killed your dudes and be done with it. You're probably right. I can't make my pizza without all of my line chefs. The smartest move towards keeping this place together would be to destroy my men so that I can't destroy the flavor zone. Well, there we go. Your men are confirmed dead. Through conjecture. I guess now we can give up and start a knitting circle. Why do you have to be so sardonic, Elba? No, no, I'm glad we had this conversation. Well, in the event my men are already dead, what's your next step? Take over, rule the place, perfect my granola recipe, break out of here, start a utopian granola-based society. Pretty much the same as my plans have always been, excluding the prison stuff. My granola is going to keep me alive forever. Everything's just a matter of the long game for me. That's what we call the ending. The next steps, regardless, mean seizing control of the prison away from Crouton while his power is still in its nascency. It's possible, perhaps even wise, that Crouton kill my men outright. Given time, he may come to the conclusion and do so. But here we have pepperoni, mushroom, and olive, all held captive by Crouton's lieutenant. Evidently, he hasn't yet committed to ruling the Flavor Zone, but I propose we now double back and strike at Crouton. Well, sure, if you want. I mean, that's easier than taking down the big guy. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest, I was really nervous about fighting Mac, so I'm all for that. Crushing Crouton is the set goal, then. Our next step is to survey Crouton's operations. For all we know, both my men and Mac are waiting at the seat of Crouton's power but we'll see what luck has granted us and react accordingly.
Sounds like a plan to me. Well, let's do it then. I feel like that crouton boy deserves a good butt whooping anyway. Having resolved your choice, you guys double back and return towards your original cell block. Things are starting to simmer down now. It's getting to be close to dinner time, and the inmates are starting to realize that nobody's been cooking non-weaponized food. You can see a few arguments breaking out about supplies, access to medicine, and that type of thing. It's a bit slower going since Olive has a leg injury, but it's not long before you cross the bridges and find yourself at the doors of your old block. Now I'm certain that Crouton's goons are on the lookout for us. Pepperoni, you're from a different cell block. I think the majority of people in there won't recognize you, so I'd like for you to quickly poke your head in, get a look at the demeanor of the place, then report back as swiftly as possible. Yes, sir. Pepperoni salutes, then heads through the doors. About ten minutes later, he comes back. It looks like Crouton is attempting to get organized. He's gathered up weapons and is offering food to anyone willing to show loyalty. But I guess he hasn't flexed his muscles yet because he's still trying to convince everyone. He's got men doing some speeches in the cafeteria, but it seems like general propaganda. In the short time I was there, it's all I've learned. Hey Mason, do I know what cell that bunny woman stayed in? You've probably seen her around, but it's tough to recall. Give me a roll. You're pretty sure she's like third from the top, south side. Pepperoni, there's a girl with the bunk third row down, south side. She's a bunny woman, looks about in her thirties. I got an idea, but I need her cooperation. She works for Crouton, but he tried to sell her off so I doubt she likes him all too much. Tell us someone wants to talk to her about a plan to get out of the flavor zone. What do I do if she says no? Well, then come back here and tell us that before Crouton's guys come looking. If you don't come back in like 15 minutes, we gotta relocate. Are you on board with this, sir? Yes, Pepperoni. I believe I follow where Lowry's coming from. I think there's going to be some mistrust, but if we can secure someone already on the inside of Crouton's operations, I imagine we can strike from a point of vulnerability. Then I'll do my best. Pepperoni heads through the doors. Another ten minutes later, he comes back. Well, she's agreed to come, but there were indeed some issues of trust. The bunny girl steps through the doors, followed by four other bunny people. One's a portly older woman with a fish knife. One's a tall, muscular guy with some shredded clothing draped over one eye. One's an unusually thin-looking girl with a manic look to her eyes, and the last one is a serious-looking guy with a pencil mustache who's carrying a ketchup rifle. Ah, you, you brought some friends. That's good. Yeah, she says. When I complained I didn't know every bunny person in the prison, I lied. I was just mad. These are my line chefs. Your guy here says that you have a way out. For your sake, you better be telling the truth, or I'm going to melt your head clean off your shoulders. As a point of clarity, we're the only ones who can leave this place and put Guy Inferno in the flavor zone behind us entirely. Originally, it would have been done with Crouton's resources, but as you've likely seen, he's altered the plan due to losing Spalding. The plan hasn't changed. If he gets a hold of you and your boys, he says that all that's left to do is round up Spalding. Is that so? And after wantonly burning his bridge with me, what remaining leverage does he have over myself or any of my line chefs? Why would I cooperate with him? Destroying the flavor zone on our way out lies solely in my own hands. Hey, Paul. The thing is, the original plan we all signed on for, it still takes a coalition. Paul needs his boys, we need to get Spalding, and the more people on board to bring down Inferno, the better. The longer we wait screwing around with politics and delusions about ruling this place, the longer Inferno has to plan a counterattack. We gotta bite this in the butt, like today. And then what? I become your bunny wife? I, I never marry a lady against her will. Sharing a bed gives a person a lot of opportunities to make a guy regret a little power play like that, and I pursued the art of beans in the chase of happiness, not for power. I'm not about to lay down with misery just to say that I could. 
look, I thought you might be interested because we need you, which means that you have leverage to negotiate and carve out a deal for yourself. See? And you won't be just someone on the sidelines getting pitched as a trophy to some other punk. The bunny woman glances at the others, who do their best not to betray too much, but none of them give away any bad looks. I want a direct line to Spalding. I want to go where I want, when I want. That sounds fair to me. That's what I want. But, also unfortunately outside of our control. Spalding has proven himself to be an elusive man and also one plagued with high-minded morals. He likely can't be kept as a captive pet, but what we can promise you is a seat at the table when we negotiate with him. You can posit your request directly at that time and see what you can ring out. She rolls her eyes. Fine. What are you expecting out of us? Take us directly to Crouton. Then, help us take his head. If you kill Crouton, his lieutenants are going to come after you. Pimienta, Lafferty, Mac. Dead, dead, and still at large, but I suspect liable to come over to our way of thinking once he sees who's holding the cards. Mac isn't stupid by any stretch of the imagination, but he's also not fond of politics. We can simply represent to him the promise of the original plan seeing fruition. Almost anyone here would give anything for an escape from this wretched place. You're bluffing. None of those guys are dead. Everyone would be talking about it. It only happened recently. We were there. And why would Crouton make that public as he petitions the Flavor Zone to recognize him as their new leader? Would that display of weakness serve his goals? Prove it. The proof should be simple logic. If we were lying and invited the wrath of all three lieutenants at once, then our efforts would be for nothing, and your caution would be warranted. We aren't suicidal. This isn't a vendetta. This is business. We want to leave the flavor zone, and Crouton stands between us and that goal. But your lack of faith does lead to one major point of concern. We have no reason not to suspect a double-cross of one another. So, I believe we'll need to submit an exchange of collateral. She raises an eyebrow. Lowry, Elva, and myself have enough resources to make swift work of Crouton. Sounds as though you do as well. Thus, I can place one of my line chefs in your custody. You may take Olive. He's wounded and will pose no threat for the moment, unless you're allergic to hilarious practical jokes. Nominate one of your own to stay with my line chefs, and we can say that we've established some insurance against a double cross. She smiles. Are you worried I'm going to hand you over to Crouton on a silver platter? If it's crossed my mind, I know it's crossed yours. With this arrangement, we'll have reduced that likelihood. All right, fine. Pepper, stay with them. Butcher, you keep an eye on whichever one of them is named Olive. The wiry-looking girl walks over to your lion chefs with arms outstretched as though she's expecting a hug. The rabbit lady with the fish knife goes over and collects Olive, supporting him with their shoulders. All right, come on now, love. Let's get you someplace nice and secluded where nobody's gonna hear if you scream. Olive says, Is that a threat or a promise? She says, could be a little of both if it all works out. <clears throat> Very well. well. The rest of us shall proceed directly to Crouton in the appearance of your custody. And as soon as we're placed before him, we'll put an end to this. Now? The sooner, the more ideal. All right, get in front of me. She surrounds you with her goons, then walks you into the cell block. She leads you down the stairs towards the ground floor. Your blockmates see you like this, and there's a lot of whispering. Small crowds gather and try and see what's going on. The rabbit woman says... Your notoriety really went up after your last run-in with Crouton. People weren't sure if he'd catch you. It'd be really good for him if he did. Hey, uh, by the way, we didn't get your name. It's Matilda Von Carotene. It's kind of a stage name. I like to call my gang the Carotene Kids. Ah, oh, man. Uh, that's good. See, we should have come up with a gang name. Our themes are all over the place. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, how about for now we just call ourselves the Shut Up and Walk Gang? Come on! 
Matilda takes you guys down to the kitchen, which is being covered by armed guards. She motions for them to stand aside. You recognize this guy, right? She points at Paul. He's a gift for Caesar. Move. The guards part ways and she takes you in. It looks like all the stoves are in use, and from the smell, Crouton is cooking with ingredients he's not supposed to have. He's leaning over one of the chefs, muttering something to him. Then he looks up and sees you guys. Oh! Oh, my word! This is stupendous! Look, everyone, it's Paul! Oh, well, I was beginning to think that you would never stop running. The only place we ran is knees first into your dugs. I'd tell you to ask him about it, but Pimient is cooking in hell now. Most of the guys in the kitchen keep working, but a few of them gather around Crouton. And you're proud of that, are you? Do you have any idea the amount of mental anguish you've caused me? And you, he says, motioning towards Matilda. Apparently, I've been overlooking a lot of talent. What's your name? You're going to be my right-hand bunny from now on. Hey, uh, did we establish some kind of signal? And at that, Crouton's guys pull out knives. And to everyone's shock, one of them stabs Crouton in the back. Then the next guy does, and so does another. Then another. Ah! Ah! Crouton wheels around, having fallen to his knees in a bloody mess. He clutches the apron of the guy that was directly behind him. At two, Marcus! The one named Marcus plunges his knife into Crouton's neck. Crouton falls away, choking and thrashing for a few more seconds before finally going limp. Well, we were going to do that. The one named Marcus says, Better to have it done by those closest to him. His plans are falling apart and we can't rule this place. All the food in the flavor zone is imported. And now that Lafferty is dead, we don't know of anyone who can produce edible stuff that we can use. Even then, that was just candy. We're turning the food we do have into weaponry, but we'll starve within weeks. There's not enough. Crouton kept saying we'd unite everyone, but it's going to be a war and we need to start thinking that way or we're all going to die. I see. Well, Marcus, as it was, the simpler answer is to escape as planned before the inevitable occurs. We need everyone in prison united to look for Spalding. Oh, now, hold on. I didn't say you'd be in charge, Paul. Just because Caesar is dead doesn't mean his enemies have won. But doesn't it, though? Lowry, show him a food source. I drop a few beans into the palm of my hand. Endless beans. We got more than a few weeks of food here. Yeah? But what about water? I don't do water. Only beans. Well, guess what? All the water comes from a series of water towers sitting on top of the cell blocks. The water's imported, too, so unless you know someone who can make endless water, we're still out of luck. Then I don't see how the plan isn't to escape. It sounds all the more imperative. I didn't say it wasn't. I'm saying I'm in charge now, and I don't need your input. Oh, come on now. Matilda says, I don't recall agreeing to that. I think maybe I'd like to be in charge. Yeah, me too. Everybody listens to Elva now. Elva! Everyone. We can call this a confederation of minds and direct our attention to our more pressing needs. We are aligned in the belief that we must leave the flavor zone. We shouldn't waste time in conflict while the threat of Inferno's retaliation looms over us. Now we all know that too many chefs in the kitchen will spoil a dish, so I nominate myself, Matilda, and Marcus here as a triumvirate of sous chefs to guide us through this mess. I feel that, barring any further megalomania, we are not at odds. And how do I know I can trust you, Paul? Marcus demands. Matilda and myself have already exchanged collateral. You, Marcus, are being offered a deal. Take the seat at the table as an equal, or fight us to the death here and now. You and Matilda both? Matilda looks at him in silence. Two well-equipped gangs having come to fight versus your own. And as for your own, how many of your members had second thoughts about killing Crouton? 
Has everyone really rallied behind you, Marcus? Marcus looks at one or two specific guys on his side, who avoid eye contact. All right, fine. But we don't even know where to find Spalding. Then the cupboard opens, and none other than Spalding himself stumbles out. I think I can help with that. Well, everything is just literally falling into place. I tried to figure out the future, you know, like you asked, and... There's really no way out except for through Inferno. Marcus goes, Have you just been in my cupboard this entire time? What? No, I teleported here. Look, the point is, nobody's going to be able to rule over this place except Inferno. If I don't get us out, Inferno takes over and then really locks this place down. Me included. Look, the ingredients to get us out here? It's all in this room. So what you're saying is, you finally realize there's nothing you or anyone can do to make the flavor zone a good place. I don't like the idea of what Paul's gonna do. But if he leaves without using the pizza, everyone's just gonna starve to death, and... I don't understand why you have to make it so gruesome, but... It's not gonna be pretty, no matter what. Spalding. It's because you don't understand the beauty of my specialty. What you're seeing is the seed of a new world. The Gaia pizza isn't a weapon. It's a rebirth. The Flavor Zone was bereft of all things when Inferno found it. But by building this prison here, Inferno has introduced animals, water, and materials that he never intended for. My Gaia Pizza will combine all of these things together, wiping them clean, then giving birth to a new world where life can flourish from them. It will be small, but much less sinister than this place is now. I don't know about all that, but I'll help you get out, and I'll help you fight Inferno. It's as little as I can do to get away from this place forever, and it's the only thing I'm gonna do. Well, it's as much as we can ask, I suppose. One normally plans for everything to go wrong, so I'm rather flummoxed to see it all going so smoothly all at once. Yeah, well, a limited amount of time travel can do that for you. The timeline changes a lot, and I always have to go back, but at least I know where I need to go as long as it's still around here somewhere. So does anyone actually want to fight, or do we have this figured out? Everybody stands around looking at each other. Nobody volunteers to kill anyone. Well, shoot, this was my big chance to be the prison celebrity that killed Crouton, and now I'm just the person who stood in the same room while he got stabbed to death. Marcus says, You know, you could show a little empathy. I, I did like the guy. Of course, Marcus. We'll do that right after pigs fly. All this having been done, our next step is to bring this reality to Mac. Persuade him to release my line chefs, prepare the pizza, and then depart. 